The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Joy and welcome once again to It Came From The Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. We have none other than our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Toronto. Ahoy. We have our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Hi, how are you? And we have from the Life with Jen or G, Jen Elise Feldy. Chips ahoy. <laughs> she, she said Chips. <laughs> Chips, chips as in C H I P S. Oh, chips, chips. ahoy! That's all right. That's mm-hmm. like right. chocolate chips. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought she, like the cookie, sir. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> on, on this week's show, we're going to have um, a new Jaybird and Lee segment. Our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Toronto, has an interview with American Gods actor uh, Bruce Langley. Nice guy. I liked him. Yeah, um, but before we go to any of that, we're going to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention, maybe, is scheduled. There we go. It's scheduled. That's it. The next convention is scheduled for May 1st and May 2nd of 2021. No headliners have been announced as of yet. That's a good Thank month you. to have it because they may have it and they may not. Oh, that's good. <laughs> they should schedule. They should like schedule all of the conventions for February thirtieth. Yes. <laughs> Just like me. When's the next convention? February thirtieth. Yes. See how many people figure this out. You know what? I just realized we need like a small jingle for the news. Like it's in we've the been news, something, something. We've been using the Morphin Time thing for the longest time. It's still edited in, even though we're it not is? in the studio. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> Why do I listen to the show? I'm on the show. I know what we talked about. I was here. And we That's have. Sad. And we want to give our shout outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo. Award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Onji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin Array. You want to have your own little shout-out? Go to www.patreon uh, slash it came from the radio. And just for a dollar, you can get your own little shout-out. Holla oh. for a dollar. Yes. Also, on, the, on our website, you can uh, buy us a pizza. If you go to www.itcamefromradio.com, go to a little... Uh, pizza icon you can click on it and you can uh, buy us a pizza we will greatly appreciate it wait a minute hold yeah. on. wait a minute we're yes. all social distancing yes who gets this pizza uh i get the pizza and then you get a portion of the pizza <laughs> <laughs> okay how does that work Moss? It's, it's a virtual pizza <laughs> if you go to the website and check it out you'll understand i am going to the website now and it says buy us a pizza on the little right hand corner it's a big yellow button you can't miss it but let's let's start off with the news while while he's doing that. Sad news. 
Let's see. Um, actress and model Julie Ann Strain died recently from dementia. Uh, Julie appeared in numerous films such as Double Impact, Cuff, uh, Cuffs with uh, Christian Slater, finally. Uh, uh, Witchcraft Part 4, The Virgin Heart, Psycho Cop Returns, The Unnameable Part 2. I guess they still needed to find a name. Fit to Kill, Snake <laughs> <laughs> Gun, 33 and a Third, Beverly Hills Cop 3, Victim of Desire, Virtual Desire, two different desires. Uh, Sorceress Part 2 should be the search for a name. Uh, Bikini Hotel, El Gun, oh wait, El Gun, no wait, Guns of El Chupacabra, and Heavy Metal 2000. Of Bikini no- Hotel, that's a fine Academy Award winning. <laughs> yeah. Of note. Yeah, that but sounds like a movie and- I'd love to be in. Bikini Hotel? Yeah, it sounds campy and silly and tragic. I'd love to see what it is. What were you going to say, Charlie? I I just said, but she was working. That's true. That is true. That sounds like something I watched when I was about 15 at 2 o'clock in the morning on Showtime. 2 a.m., yes. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. Something, that's something I would have rented in the mom and pop video store back in the 70s. Oh, God, video stores. Yeah, remember wow. them? Um, Not just Blockbuster. Remember, like, independent video stores? Yeah. yeah. Weird. Um, and I'm talking about the days when you had to pay to join. Oh, oh my God. Yes, I remember that. You had to pay for remember that? Yes. I have a membership. $20, yes. a lifetime membership. A lifetime membership, I, yeah. I remember when we used to see movies in person. There was a big screen and we sat next to each other. And we held hands. <laughs> when did Phyllis Diller get here? <laughs> That's Jenny Diller. Um, Jenny of Diller. note, in 1997, Julie published her autobiography. Six foot one and worth the climb. It was heavily illustrated with stills and paintings from the film and modeling career. Um, Charlie, you're you're an old time sci fi fan. Do you know uh, Julie Strain? Um, do you know what? I've probably seen her a million times. I would have to look on the uh, the intertubes. <laughs> yes, the intertubes to find. Watch tonight. I'll be watching something, and guess who'll be in it? Julie Strain. You know? Um, she was. She um. And in the 90s, like if you ever seen, if you uh, she was everywhere. She was a, a tall, black-haired um, brunette, tall brunette. Yeah. Um, she was big into the comic book world, and there was a uh, like famous painters did like Boris Vallejo painted her. So she was like, right, you know, like big, yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what? I actually, <laughs> and this is a sin. I actually think in the Herman um, convention days that I actually met her. German, yes, you probably have. Very possible. I probably have. Yes. So, like, and if you just if you just do a quick Google, you're like, oh, well, that's her. Yeah. She did. She did two movies. I know with um, the wrestler Buff Bagwell. Oh. I don't remember which ones were which ones they were, but I remember that he was in this because I remember watching it at about two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're, so I take it you were a fan of Julie? Dominic? I wouldn't say I was a fan per se. <laughs> I was more just a You appreciated figure things out. You appreciated um, her work. <laughs> yes, I appreciated her work thoroughly. Uh, but I do remember, her, I would say she's most remembered for being on the cover of Heavy Metal Magazine so many times. Yes, yes. Painted, painted on there, yeah. Um, Which, by the way, what a weird, weird animated movie that was. Yes. Did you ever see the sequel, the the Heavy Metal 2000? No, I didn't even know they made. She was like the big part of that. She had like a, that was like a major role in that. That was like her last big role. That makes sense. 
Um, you so know, she, you know who probably has all these movies, including oh. Bikini Hotel. Oh, Herman. And if Herman he doesn't have it, if he doesn't have it, he could get it for you. <laughs> or he can make it. Let yeah. me let me tell you some little story, and then we'll get back to the news. Okay. I I needed this movie. I don't know what it was called. Uh, I don't remember it. But Herman said, "I could get it for you," and I said, "All right." He calls up this guy. We go to this ungodly planet someplace, <laughs> go down the guy's basement. He opens this door and it's like this big library of any film you wanted. And it was so, so surreal, just surreal at the time. And, and I said, do you have this, which nobody heard of? Um, it was called the unnameable three. <laughs> I remember what it was called. It was called Blind Date. But everybody was telling me, oh, yeah, that was a great comedy. This was a a European film. And nobody knew. This guy opened it up. Yeah, you want the European, you want the European film, not the comedy. I said, yeah, I guess he has it, you know. But anyway, so, sorry. Uh, that's all right. That's, that's what you're here for. What um, do you think yeah. was bigger, Julie Strain or Shannon Tweed? Back in the Ooh. 90s. Oh, that's Blonde, Blonde versus Brunette right there. I know, right? Right. Uh, I would Come think that now. Shannon Twee was a more recognizable name back then. I yeah. think so, just for the sheer, just being with Gene Simmons. Yes, that's right. right. Yeah. She's still so, with them. They finally really? got married. I believe so. Wow. I believe now I got to look that up. <laughs> he's, busy, he's, busy, he's busy Googling stuff. You um, know, that is, if there is one upshot of being of, a virtually distant show, doing this virtually. <laughs> It's that uh, we I can Google stuff very quickly. This must All be right. it's like to be like Jamie on Joe Rogan's thing. Um, <laughs> so uh, the biggest podcast in the world. Yeah, you are Jamie. I'm Jamie, right? I'm Jamie. Mm-hmm. Listen, I wish I was making Jamie's money. I mean, um, Jamie's one of the most useful parts of the show. So that's great. He? he so we need is. You. That's right. <laughs> See, no, she's well, still been she's been with Gene Simmons for forever, but they got married in 2011. Wow, look at that. So from the disco Dominic definitely. They had, they they had had a, there you go. They had a reality show over there going on. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it culminated with um yeah. with the wedding. Married. And she had yeah. she also had a very hot sister. And I think they did a couple of covers together. Probably. I wonder yeah. if they ever worked together. Shannon Tweed and Julie Strain. Well, Dominic, you're going to go look that I'm up. Looking, I'm looking right <laughs> now. So um so Julie was 58, a young 58, by the way. Wow. Wow! Holy God! Yep, so, the Rowdy was... Girls. See, there I you go. go. I kid they... you not. The Rowdy Girls came out in two thousand. There you go. See, What's there up? you go. That's, that's a legendary. Just... That's a legendary uh, crossover of epic Avengers proportion, right there. Oh, this was Avengers <laughs> before there was Avengers. <laughs> so, is... so I was so... seventeen then. My seventeen-year-old stupidity <laughs> would have been, would have found this movie amazing. <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, all right, so moving on. There are actually more... two people that are claimed as writers on this. If I was a writer on this, I'd like, no, Alan Smithy all the way. <laughs> so moving on for some more sad news. Legendary Whoa. magician Siegfried Fischbacher also died recently from pancreatic cancer. Uh, Siegfried was one half of the duo Siegfried and Roy, who performed together up until his partner got mauled by a tiger in 2003. Um, of note, Roy died in May of 2020 uh, due to the ongoing pandemic. Wow. Uh, he was a, a young, a spry 81 years old. Let's just say no. he died of a broken heart. 
I mean, that's uh-huh. not uncommon. Yeah. Do you know? Yes. I had the, had the pleasure of meeting them. I think this story went out a million times to you guys, but I had a pleasure of meeting them in the green room at ABC. And I had the amazing pleasure of playing with their whites, uh, their three that they had in there, white Siberian tigers. So you were petting the one that mauled them? I was petting the one that mauled them, yeah. And it, it was like a, a Are you big... sure you, it was that one? It was all his fault. He, he got the scent of Charlie on him. No, you no. Feed them? That, that tiger was trying to save him. The t- trying yes. to save him? Yeah, well, yeah. So um, the, the short version is that the tiger thought that um, Roy was in danger, and he went to grab him as as the as the, as animals do. They grab him by the neck, so he grabbed him by the neck to hold on to him. That was what was. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure someone oh, just wow. didn't like, like you sure like Carol Baskin just didn't come by and poured <laughs> sardine oil on, on Roy? It was Carol Baskin. It's Carol Baskin. I'm so, convinced Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin like set Roy up. So that's but that's that was that. So they, it was Charlie. Yeah, she killed her big, husband. They were the big uh, show at the Mirage. And uh, when all that happened, uh, the next show to go in there was uh, the Beatles' Love. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, just anything yeah. without tigers. That's probably yeah. how they, they went from They that. went from tigers to Beatles. Ha-ha. <laughs> Maybe he bought uh, a little essential hey, hey. oils and it happened to be sardine oil. He put it on his neck, on his wrist. He wanted to yeah. smell good. You know, good luck potion. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone then, anyone else see like Tiger King? Come on, I, I never did. No, you never seen it. Yeah. Oh no. my God, it is a train wreck of epic proportions that you cannot not watch. But the most telling thing was when Carol Baskin's like, "Why would someone put cologne on his on his shoe to make a tiger eat him? If anything, you'd use sardine oil because tigers <laughs> eat." And it's like this is a woman now accused of killing her husband, and it's like, "Yeah, uh, I see." Uh, <laughs> So more, moving on for more sad news, um, Joanne Rogers, Mitch's, Mitch's Mr. Rogers' wife, also died recently. As of this recording, no cause of death has been announced. Uh, beyond being married to a late TV icon for over 50 years, she was an accomplished pianist for over 40 of those years and was the driving force behind the legacy of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, spreading her, her husband's message of kindness after his death in 2003. Uh, she vigorously promoted the 2018 documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, as well as the 2019 feature film, A Beautiful Day in a Neighborhood, starring Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers and Marianne Plunkett as Joanne. Um, of note, Joanne was the inspiration for the puppet character Queen Sarah, wife of King Friday the 13th on Mr. Oh, Rogers' <laughs> Neighborhood, as well as the animated quote-unquote spiritual successor series, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Uh, I had no idea that the King was Friday the 13th until right now while I was doing the news. I, gotta well, tell you, I was never a huge Mr. Rogers fan, but I respect the show a lot right. and everything that he stood for. But man, those puppets I found so creepy when I was a kid. It's probably why I couldn't watch it so much. I, was, um, they, were, they were creepy puppets, man. Marionettes are creepy puppets. Yeah. I used to... Like, uh, Charlie, yeah, move on. <laughs> Wuss. <laughs> yeah, oh Charlie. My, those, those freaking puppets used to scare the living crap out of me. Good. I'm, I'm glad I'll I'm tell you one. why. I'll tell you why. Because their lips didn't move. There was not, they were just, it was like telepathy puppets. <laughs> they were, everybody, oh, look at her. Oh. And I said, where's that coming from? His lips are not moving. 
Yeah. Satanic. Yeah. I know. It's just it's creepy. Not a, not as satanic as the Teletubbies, but in that order. Wow. Yeah. Um, she was a, uh, uh, I can't even say spry. She was 92. Yeah, I know uh, what, what she died of, being 92. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, terrible. It's no, it's just like, look, you make it to your 90s, you're playing in extra innings right now. Like, it's, as Michael K would say, a free baseball. So you, anything happens. Like, well, you're 90. Like, not that I'm happy about it. I'm just saying you're 90. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we got the last bit of sad news. Actor Peter Mark Richmond also died recently uh, for natural causes. Uh, Peter was one of those that guy actors appearing in about 30 feature films and 130 television series from the 1950s before his retirement in 2011 what was his name again because i'm uh, peter mark richmond um when i was doing the research on the film just looking up when i googled his name I was like hey is that guy <laughs> and he was in a, a, the second naked gun film that's why i remember him most of yep you're right uh, it's that guy yeah of, of note peter was the voice of the phantom in the animated series defenders of the earth uh, i was a big fan of that cartoon and i had no idea that it was the same guy yeah, you know Charlie. You know him between the fifties and the two thousand eleven. You don't I'm know the name. See, I'm going to see him, and I'm going to go. Hey, that, that guy. Yeah, it was one of those. You are gonna, You legit will see him, and he was working up until. Tw- he did a twenty eleven his retirement. Yeah, he even did like a short film in twenty sixteen. So like, it's just so weird that he's just the, yeah. just you know the they call him the character actors that they're just always there, always doing roles, always working. He's like the Michael Caine. Who's not as yeah. as big as Michael Caine, but he's always there. It's just kind of one of those crazy things. Um, he was a ninety three, so once again, Dominic is correct. Um, oh, he had a great career. You know, he was in everything. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. moving on to not as sad news from the remember when this was considered a lot of money part three department. Um, after three weeks at number one, Wonder Woman Part 2 has lost the number one spot in the box office to the new Liam Neeson film, The Marksman. And as of this recording, which is, uh, oh, one twenty-one twenty-one, uh, has pulled in three, just $3 million in the domestic box office receipts. To put things into perspective, this time last year, the film 1917 kicked off the train wreck Star Wars Part 9, which... Just like One Woman Part 2 also held the top box office spot for three weeks in a row. Uh, 1917 at the time had pulled in just $54 million from the U.S. Um, didn't you see that movie, Dominic? 19- what, the train wreck, Star Wars Part 9? Yes, I saw that. But No, no uh, 1917. Didn't you see that? No. Um, I honestly think the last movie I saw. In, no, I know for a fact the last movie I saw in theaters was the train wreck. Because now you got me saying it. The train wreck, Star Wars <laughs> Part 9. Um, I didn't get a chance, and then before you knew it, it went into lockdown, and I huh. really couldn't see anything in theaters anymore. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting, like how we went from what a, a fifty-four million dollar movie now to three million coming in. Yeah, it's, like I said, you're gonna have to like retabulate how they do the 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 earnings or whatever in terms of like streams or downloads or something. And I don't know if you remember, but back then, a movie that made $3 million in the box office was, was amazing. Like, holy crap, it made $3 million. There was a time. There was a time when it was, that was a big deal. Now, it's nothing. I know. It's just so crazy. $3 million. Yeah, inflation. 
Holy crap. So I think someone's reading along. So speaking of inflation, Jen. Oh, wow. Actually, I wasn't reading along. I, haven't <laughs> even, I don't even know what's going next, but I was just thinking, keep printing money. Yeah, three million is going to mean nothing for sure. Wow. What's crazy is like three million isn't even like our usual independent movie budget anymore. There's exactly. A time, like three million dollars would be a huge independent budget. Now, quote unquote, independent movies are like six million at least. So speaking of inflation, uh, from the Holy Inflation Batman Part 2 department. Da, 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 da. During our 40th live show, which you can see right now on our YouTube page, we reported that a 9.4 CGC grade copy of Batman number one has set a new record as the world's most valuable Batman comic valued at $1.53 million. Turns out that that very same book has now been sold at auction for... $2.2 million, making it now by far the most expensive comic book in history. Because it's Batman. $2.2 million. Somebody paid for a comic book that they can't read. Right. $2.2 million. I know. We were a, saying a comic that. Book that they're going to Google and read online because they dare not open this book up. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like, I think I mentioned, mentioned this last time, but it's like when people buy art, no, this was this is a different analogy. That people buy art and then they hire a licensed repainter, forger, essentially, so they can display the forgery and keep the other one in a vault. Yes, I don't get it. Which part? Why you'd buy oh. it? Or <laughs> just, just, I, just like you know, if you have two sets of china, I, I use my good china. I have company over. People like, don't use the china. You know, use your good china. You're gonna die sometime. You know, enjoy things. Why, why have all these things? You gotta hide. I, I right. Don't get it. Well, you know, they they're worried about something happening to it, something getting destroyed, being stolen, anything like that. So well, something's gonna happen it. to all of us. But if that's the case, then what's the point of getting it in the first place? Like, right? Because Who's like. Yeah, go ahead, if Charlie. It, if it was me, it'd be on my coffee table. <laughs> right, use it for a coaster. Yeah, just pick it up and say, "Yeah, let me read this." Well, you know? you know, technically, when it's in the little case, it could be used as a as a paperweight or a coffee thing because it won't it, that is it won't true. damage the book. Hypothetically, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say the purpose of it is to say that you own it. That's basically it—that you have mm -hmm. enough money. You have what they call on the street "fu money," and you're mm -hmm. showing it off. Yeah, That's I, all I, it is. Sure. Well, I wish they gave that to my mom for a retirement gift. She worked for thirty years. Guess what she got? A two inch by two inch paperweight. <laughs> what? Oh man. Yeah. That's all they, they couldn't even give her a dad. Tell her, tell her to take that paperweight and hit her boss with it. Seriously. Yeah, right. Now it becomes a murder weapon. Yeah. And they asked her to unwrap it too on live. So she had to pretend she was excited to receive this little thing. Wait, wait, wait. They had her wrap her own retirement. They had her unwrap it. Unwrap it. Unwrap it. Yeah, oh. they wanted her to unwrap it live. It's like, oh God, if someone gave me that, I'd be like, what are you doing? This is why I don't do gift giving. I actually have banned myself from gift giving. I'm not kidding. Oh, it's not a bad idea. Wow. So, Mark, you know, if, if you had yes. enough money to buy this, buy that comic you could be swimming in so, all that fancy so jen like. jen what, did you, what yes. did you jen what did your mother do uh i think she said thank you very much no i think he yeah. means what was her profession oh what she's was... a school librarian <laughs> school librarian <laughs> all right so she... she could have at least gotten her a barnes and noble card so... yeah you're right wow go ahead charlie so like in her office 
where she worked when she could use that paperweight. That was the time to give it to her, not when she was leaving. Exactly. Anything, now she's home. Mm-hmm. If anything, uh, that should have been a first day gift. Now, now it's a doorstop. That's it. So moving on from the renewal department, uh, Peacock has renewed the series, the new Saved by the Bell series for a second season, ordering an additional 10 episodes. 10 episodes equals a season now? That's ridiculous. Um, showrunners say, <clears throat> I am thrilled that Saved by the Bell has been renewed. I've been blown away by all the love for the show, and I can't wait to go back and make more episodes. Hopefully we'll stay on Peacock for many more seasons. And then in about 30 years, somebody does a reboot of our reboot and invents the three-boot. Um, if, uh, as I mentioned, the show is pretty good. It's entertaining. Uh, it had positive reviews, but no Dustin Diamond. And as a side note, no. which is kind of sad, it's very sad. Dustin Diamond has been diagnosed with stage four cancer. So, wow. yeah, wow. Like, so, I wonder so, if they're going to put him so on the show out. out of uh, <laughs> pity, out of pity, or if he dies beforehand, he's never going to come back. And that's like, it's sad both ways. It, wow. It's it's really sad because like he had no idea he had this. And then he like went to the hospital from from the brief things I read. He went to the hospital in severe pain. It's like, oh, you have cancer. Yeah. You know, like like out of nowhere, just one of those seemingly fluke times that someone just gets mm-hmm. it. I have um, I have lived through that. So yeah, that's that's no way. Yeah. Not myself, yeah. but uh, relative. No. So, yeah. I guess. Um, yes, Charlie. <laughs> you guys are talking about say by the bell, and they're yes. doing it with all the well on that order. Segway time. You know what? I've been I've been watching. I just finished season one. Um, uh, Cobra Kai. Oh, it's so oh, good. Oh yeah, so With, good. Did did anybody ever? Did you see any of that yet? I saw the I saw first one. episode of the first season because yep. it was free on YouTube, yep. and I saw the first episode of the second season because it was free on YouTube. But now it's on Netflix. I will on, start yeah. watching it. Yeah, that's With, uh, what I'm doing. I'm watching all the seasons. I think for a show that brought back. I think it's a pretty good show bringing back all those people. Yeah. They you know? it's really a love letter to the first 3 movies. Yeah. Don't forget there was that one with Hillary Swank which we don't talk about, yeah. but it really is very much um a love letter to those movies and they I think they worked very hard to do a really good job of honoring the movies, the spirit of the movies, the master apprentice student relationship in the movies, how good like that a relationship like that can be how bad a relationship yeah. like that can be i know it's gotten like some some flack of course because it's not diverse enough or something and it's yeah like white kids and it's like but the, you know the main lead is hispanic uh, you have diverse group of pe- actors in this move in this show i don't you know they're like it, oh there's not enough asians it's like it, there's it, the karate kid Pat, it goes to Pat, show Pat. that if you bring back the original cast yeah. And bringing in new people, it can be done. Power Rangers, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> like this is what you should do to keep the story going. This is, this is this one, and um, I guess uh, the the Saved by the Bell. Once again, it has the old cast, new cast. Like right. that's what they should do. I think people right. are starting to learn because now they're the yeah. fans of people who were the fans of the show that got the return of stuff. I'm like, well, this is crap. Let me get the original actors and bring yeah. it back and have yeah. uh, um, respect for where it came from and uh, uh, and keep the story moving. Everyone's kind of learning basically from the train wreck Star Wars sequels. <laughs> they're like, oh, we can introduce younger characters and update the story, but we need to honor the older fans. 
Yes. Um, so, which look, I understand George Lucas had said like these movies are really for kids because kids need hope. Doesn't matter. Great. Right. <laughs> Doesn't <he's> matter. Still... <laughs> Those movies right. took away my hope. So exactly. I, I, bad, bad move, George. No. Right. Terrible. So well, uh, you know, but that was also when Lucas was talking about the original movies. <laughs> he's yes. like, it's about um, giving hope. So, but you need to honor, you know, the fans that supported this genre the entire time, whether it's Cobra Kai or Star Wars or Saved by the Bell or any of these quote unquote reboots. So, um, for the last bit of news, because we're almost out of time, speaking of Power Rangers, as I mentioned, uh, from the It's the Only Fans for Comics Now department. Uh, Boom Studios has announced a Kickstarter campaign asking fans to fund the production of a six-volume collector's edition of their five-year-long running Power Rangers comic series, which ended last fall with issue number 55. The deluxe hardcover format, which is larger than the standard size, uh, will be included and will each have a volume featuring original short comic story. Uh, The tiers start at $100 for a single volume, all the way up to the 12th tier at $5,000, which comes with a signed print from some of the original actors of the series, as well as a standee that doubles as a book holder. The campaign is already fully funded with over, at the time of this reporting, $556,000 of the $50,000 goal. What makes this interesting is that Kickstarter was for independent comic books, and now you have a major comic book company coming in there and getting all this money, which is what happened to uh, what was there was an actress who went on OnlyFans. Yes, uh, because yeah. and then I already don't remember her name. Yeah, but they made it a big thing, so now they're taking away from all the other independent guys. I find right. this to be ridiculous how they can do that. So while Disney won't do it. It, it, it leaves the door Disney open. has for... no excuse to ever go on Kickstarter. <laughs> oh, my anything. God. But, I mean, like this, this gives the door for other, you know, lower tier, bigger companies, combo companies to do this. So, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if Image did something like this or, or any other, other combo would, companies to come in. I would be surprised if Image as a company did it. I, of course, wouldn't be surprised if creative teams that work with Image did it. And there is a fine line difference between that. Right. Um, but no, Boom doesn't shock me. Uh, Dynamite wouldn't shock me. Um, certainly the smaller press uh, ones definitely wouldn't shock me. But I think it's, it's, it's a bad precedent of things to come. I agree, because like the whole point of those quote-unquote independent publishers that are, because it's no longer the big two, it's really the big five. So if two out of the big five start doing it, you're really ruining it. It's for people like, you know, friends of like the show, like Pronto Comics <laughs> and Bronto Comics. We're trying to put out books, you know, that's that's kind of. Yeah. yeah. Bella Thorne. That was her name. Bella Thorne. Yes. It just popped into your head. It just popped in my head because it was in my head since I did the news last night. And I was like, what the hell is our name? And I was like, eh, yeah, I'll remember it. I didn't bother to Google it. But yeah, there it is. I'll say this, though. Those tears, man, are astronomical. They're not nearly as cost effective as our one dollar. <laughs> or my one and only tier on fishy sarcasm <laughs> patreon.com backslash fishy car fishy sarcasm one dollar tier but the thing is like it starts off at a hundred dollars that's what i'm saying and We're it so made more economical it, but it made the money so like holy crap <laughs> well that just means they're more popular than, than us mark i guess so so nobody's um, more popular than us 
because yeah. uh, no everybody can go buy us a pizza on our website. I understand um, Howard Stern resigned just so that way we wouldn't take over his time slot. <laughs> Howard Stern uh, yes. is fading away. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's it for the news. So we're going to take our break. We'll be right back with it came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hi, this is Amy Jo Johnson, writer-director from the film The Space Between, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. This January, get ready for the next DC Comics event. Future State! Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 2 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, Image, or Independent Comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. Thank you and stay safe. This is Brian Downey, Stanley Tweedle from the TV series Lex, and you're listening to It Came From radio now back to our show hey this is jaybird and lee and we're here to talk about movies music tv and what's going on in our part of the world today we're going to talk about the second part of highlights for 2020 oh you're funny (laughs) we know we moved into 2021 but we wanted to uh talk a little bit about more on the highlights of 2020 that we um that we did and one of those things was um Jaybird having some coffee. Yeah, in Wyndham. In Wyndham, that's Last right. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh man. Well, you know, what other things did we do at that time? Um. Well, in twenty twenty, we had like I don't even know what we other fun. Went fronts. to my bat mitzvah. Oh yeah, that was kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> <thanks>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course it was fun. What do you mean? We had a backyard bat mitzvah. You did an amazing job doing your haftorah, as they say. And um, then we played music in the backyard. <laughs> we had a dance party in the backyard with like twenty people. It was great, right? Or ten, More, whatever the law. Well, family. What? Our family. So. Our family. So whatever the law allowed. <laughs> that's basically what we did. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good, you know, and it, it, that was a great uh, part of 2020. And on top of that, we did a couple other things. We were at the beach most of the time, right? Yeah, we kayaked for mom's birthday. No, that's right. We did some kayaking. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what did we do for your birthday? Um, nothing. We went to the park. It was a hot day. <laughs> we went to the park. You got to be outside, right? Most yeah. of the time we have to be outside. I mean, now it's, you know, this uh, virus has gotten worse, right? So there's people yeah, getting infected. The virus is... Uh, I think it's just more people are getting tested, like... Right, a lot of people are getting tested, and so you're seeing an increase in, yeah, in positive cases. But still, I mean, most people must be sick, right? I mean, the hospitalizations and all that stuff, but I don't know how it is over here in New York that badly with the hospitals, but... Yeah. Either way, it seems like it's worse than it was, you know, a couple months back, so... Yeah, it's the worst I think it's ever been so far. Also, they found a new strand. A strain, yes. Yeah, whatever, same thing. All right, well, hopefully, you know, things will calm down. They have the vaccine, so that's the 2021, right? I saw a meme where it had 2020 and the zeros were toilet paper. And then, 
like the zero was twi- uh, toilet paper, then the other one was toilet paper on the other zero. Then the 21 was a, uh, a, a needle of vaccine. So <laughs> hopefully that's kind of like <laughs> the future is all uh, healthy. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm sure it will. You know, we got to get out of this at some point. Yeah. Uh, so what did we do for um, New Year's? Oh, that's right. So New Year's was definitely quiet, right? So we did, usually we throw a party. Yeah, well, this year it's a little bit different. Well, last year it was a little bit different. Well, it's always a little different, but this year was definitely just the four of us, really. Yeah, it was the four of us. We were, we made sushi. (laughs) Oh, right. We did handmade sushi, vegetarian style. Yeah. Um, Um, Cucumber avocado rolls, mm -hmm. right? We also watched the movie Soul. Oh, the movie Soul, that's right, which is on Disney+. Plus. It it had an unexpected twist. (laughs) Did you like it? Yeah, it was good. Right. Would you uh, recommend this one? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's nice to shake your head. You got to say yes, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Um, Um, That's great. I'm glad. So what else do we... um, So 2021's coming up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's here. What do we think we're going to be doing this year that's a little bit different for our show? Um, well, we have to figure out a new intro. Oh, we have to figure out a new intro. If yeah, anybody's we interested, done that yet. <laughs> yeah, if anybody's interested in helping us with a new intro, we are more than open to hearing your suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. What else did we want to do? Are we going to do the video YouTube channel this year? Yeah. We are. Yeah. I'm building a studio. Is it going to work? Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> all right, good, because then we can do it. And I think we're going to do it uncut. It's all going to be, there's going to be no editing. It's just going to be the two of us jibber-jabbering. We might Zoom it and actually have guests on, and we'll post that up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just going to be us. We're not editing anything. So all the mistakes and everything are just going to be right in there. So, oh, that's fun. I think it'll be fun, right? It's kind of like the I show mean, that's now. that's sort right? of what we do now. Exactly. So anyway, well, another um, episode today is done. Part two of our 2020 slash moving into 2021 highlights. Mm-hmm. And um, we will be speaking to you soon. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. See you later. Hey ghoulies, this is Demon Boy, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. (laughs) Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Me Grimlock having fun on It Came From The Radio. Me Greg Berger also. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hi, this is Ellen Dubin, star of Lex, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Keep listening. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From The Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. 
This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. As mentioned earlier in the show, uh, very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man's Pronto, via virtual distancing, of course, uh, has an interview with none other than actor uh, Bruce Langley from American Gods, which is on the Stars Network, if I'm not mistaken. So without further ado, we're going to take it away, Dominic. So first question that I have for you is playing technical boy, and maybe you've answered this before, but how has playing this character affected your personal relationship with technology now? Oof, woof. Um, yeah, I go for the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, I would say I am slightly more aware of exploring, at least conceptually, well, no, it's not conceptually, I do, I, I do the character on a very real emotional level, so what, what it would be like to be constantly plugged into it, in terms mm. of an endless stream of information, an endless dopamine here, all the rest of that stuff, it's, um, it's made me really grateful that I wasn't, I, I didn't grow up during a time where apps and smartphones were everywhere, like, you know, like, to a certain extent, like, my, my younger sister, but then, like, dial it back even further, like, certain generations who've grown up with just Instagram and TikTok and all the rest of that stuff, it, I think it's tough. I think it's really tough growing up with all that stuff. Our brains aren't evolved to be able to deal with all this stuff yet. Um, technology's moving much faster than our need to, to evolve and, um, so I suppose a little bit grateful for the separation. And I mean, um, so because of lockdown and stuff, I'm, right now I'm back in the town I grew up in, which really? is by a river um, and lots of woods and farms in more or less the English countryside. It's made me really appreciate that. Mm. And um, looking a little more into like the, what I get, I'm spending time with my family that I wouldn't have had otherwise and a little bit perspective on... Like, I mean, in many ways, Tech Boy is kind of the avatar for modern-day loneliness. Like, what does it look like if you are so consumed in technology you cannot have any other relationships? Um, so, yeah, it's made me appreciate my separation from that, where it, where it does happen. And just the, the grander scope of that question, playing Tech Boy, and now you look around you, and you're seeing all these people on their phones constantly, or at least you were, like, how do you look at that now? And is there a part of you just kind of like, that's right, you're praying to me, you know, as you're watching people just like staring at their phones all the time? <laughs> oh, God, no, not in a personal way. I don't, I don't walk around like going, like, mm. like I'm not, I'm not leading into that angle. Okay. Um, I figured know, not, but I mean. Like, technology overwhelmingly has been and is still doing really positive, amazing things. Like, where would we be in lockdown without Zoom and Skype and being able to contact our families? And the internet, like, good luck without YouTube for this last year. Oh, yeah. And all the rest of... It's overwhelmingly positive. It really is. It's just, I think people... We kind of... In terms of the dopamine that people get from apps and all the rest of this randomized reward systems and all the rest of that stuff, like, we kind of basically just... It's the equivalent of handing children like the key to the liquor cabinet and going, go oh, no, don't worry about it. Like, I think going forward, we will understand how much of an effect being raised with unlimited access to apps and technology from a young age can have. Um, 
But ultimately, technology is a force for good. Like, well, it's not, it's kind of a neutral force, but it's ultimately doing so much more good. Like, I think, yes, there are some bad bits in terms of some, like, toxic parts of the internet, all the rest of that stuff, and bad things happening as a result of social media, absolutely. But overwhelmingly, in terms of raw statistics, it is a force for good. Mm. I I was looking up some of your previous interviews and and some of the things that Neil Gaiman has said about Technical Boy. I can't help but feel a certain irony as he was saying that, you know, at one point it was he was Telegraph Boy and then he was Telephone Boy, and it, he stopped being Telephone Boy when people stopped using landlines. And I say it's ironic to me because currently we're having this conversation on my home phone's landline. So I just find this kind of hilarious that we're I'm talking to technical boy on a landline yeah may as well be a telegraph but um, you know well I mean that's the thing isn't it tech evolves things change and then the things that are no longer the newest become obsolete and they're discarded that's part of the reason why the character is always so anxious to be the most relevant thing to be the newest and shiniest or the rest of that it is, but it is, I suppose it is kind of ironic. Here's the thing, nothing is going to stay current forever. That's why the gods are young gods. Why Tech Boy is a young god, a new god. Right. Because he has to update and change so regularly. He will forever be, forever be a new god. It's kind of a weird little... I mean, in many ways, I suppose it's not entirely apart from Sisyphus in terms of rolling the, the boulder up the hill and it rolls all the way back down. I suppose the only difference is in this analogy is he actually gets the boulder over the hill. Mm. Um, he's like, I did it and I am now irrelevant. And then it rolls down the other side of the hill and is picked up by a new version of him. And he's just left there on top of the mountain that he conquered, slightly higher than the one behind him, slightly shorter than the one in front of him, by himself. Well, that kind of like feeds into what Neil has sort of teased in previous interviews that we would, we may eventually see Technical Boy kill himself and re uh, and get resurrected as he has to always be on top of the latest technology in some ways um does that explain almost the constant costume and hairstyle changes that are going on with him yeah well yeah that's incredibly astute yes exactly that it's he's constantly updating in a similar way that an app does with software he's always updating his look to be the most new thing, be the most current thing, the most efficient thing. That's why he changes his look so regularly. He's always new, he's always different. And also time is an interesting concept for him because his mind literally has all this processing power. He processes data so much faster than a human brain. Everyone else is kind of progressing at a, at a crawl to him. Mm. So in terms of it's like, oh, you changed your look really fast. He's like, no, I didn't. Ask no, mm-mm. I had that look for an entire four hours. That was a lifetime for me. Hmm. It's almost like a like a Sherlock Holmesian sort of thing, where his brain is so much faster, like a steam engine. Although that's antiquated, but it, it it's just like constant processing. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting kind of blessing and an interesting kind of curse to play with that sort of a headspace. But yes, I would agree. Now, technically, technically, the process to get into these costumes and the hairstyles how much does each different one of these hairstyles because it's really like the costumes obviously are you know kind of just simple clothing to some degree but the hairstyles are almost insanely like kabuki-esque theater ornate 
How much does that affect the yeah. performance for you? Well, I mean, I'm very careful in between <laughs> um, shooting, like when we start the day, to not lie on it, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, we put a lot of time into it. Like some of the hairstyles for season two, three, but oh, yeah, season one, like both of them took like upwards of two and a bit hours. Some of them even took like three plus hours to, to do every day. Um, so I'm very, very careful with them. But one, here's the thing, the hair scene is so good. I mean, I'm not, I deliberate, I'm not like throwing my head around, you know, like I'm in a Jason Smith video. Um, but I'm a little more careful, perhaps. Willow Smith, not Jason Smith. Whichever one did the whipping hair back and forth one. But Willow, right? Whatever. Anyway, um, I suppose I'm a little more careful, but ultimately the hair seems so good that it, I, it's part of the character. The clothes have character and the hair has character and it all feeds in. So yeah, it helps more than anything else. It just helps. I get to do my work. And if I mess it up, they come in after a take and they fix it for me. <laughs> do you sometimes like have a, like a predetermined idea of where you're going to go with a scene and then you get out of the hair and makeup and you're like, nope, I got to change it? I mean, I don't necessarily... I don't, like, pre-shape my... Here's the thing. I do so much prep beforehand. Mm-hmm. I do such... You're always preparing... You're preparing for the moment before a scene because your character doesn't know what's going to happen in the scene. You prepare for the moment before the scene is going to happen with all of your previous circumstances and all the rest of that stuff. And, I mean, I get a lot of this stuff a little easier now because I've been with the character for four-plus years. You know, that helps. Right. Um, I can really... I We inhabit each other's skin very freely. Um, it, you go in completely ready and then it's sort of like an improv dance you, you do your blocking and all the rest of it you don't, you're not going to screw over your set shots and you find your spaces and find your lighting blah 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 all the rest of that stuff sure um, but you're dancing and when you're with a really good other performer as I'm really fortunate to to be with pretty much all the time it's just dancing like it's difficult to, to like if you'd ask me what did you just do in your take? I would be like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm in character and I'm dancing and moving. Like you're not intimately aware of exactly how you respond to everything in your everyday life. And when I'm fully in character, I'm not intimately. It's just you go in there and you're, you know, dancing in a in a beautiful hurricane, screaming into the storm. It's a lot of fun. I love that you use dancing as a uh, as a simile and a metaphor for this. Before COVID. You know, when I'm out on the radio, I'm actually a dance instructor, so I can completely understand what you mean of, like, the fluidity of, of what you're doing and just being within the moment. So I, I, I enjoy what, what you're saying there. Um, it's just because we're running out of time. So what, without going into too many spoilers, what can we expect out of Technical Boy in this new season? So... This season, along with lots of other main cast, we get to see Tech Boy go on a lot more of a personal journey, independent of um, the great war between the old gods and the new gods. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see him losing access to some of his toys, um, and as a result of that, getting some of his armor stripped away, and then having to examine the squishy bit in the middle and looking at where that came from. And of course, this all reintegrates back into the wider story, as uh, the fantastic writing allows. But we get to see a tech boy being forced to, by, by the necessity of circumstance, examining why he is the way he is. Mm. And looking back, which is very rare for someone who's only ever been focused on looking toward, this season we get to see tech boy looking back. 
and it is painful. It is hard to look back on yourself. It's interesting because I was talking to Yatidi earlier today, and she was also talking about, like, in this season, the character's sense of self-examination. Do you feel at all, and I know I said the last one would be the last question, but I have to ask this now. Do you feel that this year of quarantine and lockdown influenced the writing in any way to make these characters sort of look more within? Well, here's the wonderful thing about both Neil's work and the writer's room throughout the season. So we, we, were, we were lucky. We finished shooting, you know, before lockdown came in. We were pretty much there. We got really lucky there. But so much of Neil's work and the work this season has kind of felt prescient. Mm. in terms of people having to be forced to, through whatever circumstance, look into themselves and going, okay, but do I believe, do I believe what um, the collective at large believes in terms of the momentum is all going this way? Do I stand with that? Am I okay with that? I mean, like, and in terms of certain other arcs that we explore directly from the book that are now in the seasons, you know, this, this veneer of pleasantness and this veneer of an idealised, wonderful life and then the strange little itch at the back of your mind that beneath that veneer something is not quite right, that maybe the foundations aren't built on something so wholesome. I think that's something that gets explored this season. I think that really rings true with the kind of year that everyone's been having this time. Um, I mean, I've heard Yuchido talk about this before. She's very eloquent about it. She says... Um, because people can't be going out, they're kind of forced to go in. And I yeah. think that's a lot of this year. Like, people are trapped inside with their own decisions. People are trapped inside with their lives. And they're going, okay, am I all right with this? Am I happy with this? So I can't escape it, as I was used to doing for, you know, most of my life. Now I have to really sit and look and go, am I okay with this? Um, that's in our season. I think that's in our year this year. Bruce, I just want to thank you again for your performances. Um, you've really created a character that I think a lot of people love to hate. I hope that doesn't splash back onto you in real life. Uh, you've certainly been delightful and listened to you. Um, thank you so much for your time. Absolute pleasure, mate. No worries. And with that, let's go back to the studio. Mark? Thank you, Pastor Dominic, for that, another great interview. Um, apologies for the uh, sound quality. Once again, this is virtual distancing, and it was a live on tape call. So if uh, there was some difficulty with that, we apologize uh, for it. But I thought it sounded pretty good. Uh, if you guys want to check out more of his uh, stuff, uh, Bruce's stuff, that is, make sure you check out American Gods, which is on the Stars Network. But um, if you want to message out to him, reach out to him. You can go to his Twitter page which is Bruce J. Langley. So it's B-R-U-C-E, J. Langley. And you can message him there and tell him how much you uh, enjoyed the interview that he did and how much uh, you appreciate his work. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with a came from the radio. 
Hey, this is Brimstone, and you're listening to my boys on It Came From The Radio. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Hi guys, this is Xenia Seberg, who played Zev on the show Lex, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as btdradio.com or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.